What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to the Awaken Project podcast. We are so excited because we have got some awesome stuff in store for you this week. Uh, I, first of all, want to say Stephen is here. So, Stephen, say what up. Stephen again, what up? How's it going, everyone? And then this next person. I am so spoiled rotten to know him, and that's the absolute <laughs> truth. Uh, Daniel Crittendon is here with us. Yep, yep, yep. And we are pumped because we are going to be talking about relationships today. Um, but before we jump into that, Daniel, can you, uh, can you one, tell us your favorite five-course meal? Yeah. And then, two, just tell us a little bit about the ministry that you're doing and uh, what God is doing in your life. Uh, something new, something that you've learned, <laughs> something that you went through the first time. Absolutely. So. Yeah, man. Uh, food is kind of like a love language. Anybody that you uh, hang around needs to know good food. So I would say <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> steak is one, is a food group of his own. Steak. Um, <laughs> you ain't wrong. So you ain't wrong. Uh, love some good tacos um, with the uh, carne asada and um, the shrimp. Hanging off, like you can't get the whole thing in your mouth. It kind of falls off to your, your taco. Yes. Yep. Um, I would say Chick-fil-A is kind of one of those <laughs> gospel birds that you mm. have to have in your food category. Did you, wait, did you just call it a gospel bird? I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's the best. Yeah, um, I love, I'm a Texas boy, so I like meatloaf. Um, my wife and my mom uh, can make the meanest meatloaf. And I would say number, uh, number five, um, I'll have to go with uh, barbecue. Mm. Barbecue. All right. I dig it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, I'm coming from Texas now. That's that's real barbecue. Yes. Amen. Yeah. It's not, not that vinegar. No, we're, not, we're not talking North Carolina. We're not talking <laughs> Kansas City. We're talking real Roadhouse, Texas. Come on. You're preaching now. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I happen to be the uh, family pastor here at uh, Life Point Church in uh, Eustis, Florida. And so I'm working on a year. And so I oversee. Uh, our next gen ministry, and so I lead student ministry sixth to twelfth grade, and um, I partner with our preschool and our children's and our college ministry. And so I've been in ministry now, going on ten years. And Man. praise God! Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. Along the way, started out in Texas, and here I am in Florida. All My right, goodness, sweet. <laughs> his uh, his claim to fame is he worked for Life Church. Oh gosh, stop. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of kind of sitting in the presence of a big deal. So oh, no. Kind of sitting in the no. presence of a big bit, deal. A little bit. A little bit. I can feel it. I feel <laughs> the aura. <laughs> There's a glow. Don't worry. Uh, but yeah, so um, relationships for this podcast. And this is something that for any millennial, even an, any Gen Zer, as you have experienced with, this is something that all of us, it's in the back of our mind. Yeah. And a lot of us don't really know how to articulate it well, especially in the church. Because mm. there's so many different ways that we try to articulate it whether that be through um, social media or a very different form of either political activism or um, social values, anything like that. And when it comes down to it, we don't mm. really know how to uh, relate to one another all that well. And putting romance into that, that's ooh, that's a whole other X factor that we struggle with mightily. Absolutely. So for all you listening out there, the three things that we're going to be talking about today three topics um first one's going to be the importance of being single and what singleness means um, in a relationship why it matters second is going to be the affirmation of marriage Um, is it for you are you ready Um, and just putting um, a different level of sanctification on marriage Uh, and third uh, the ministry of marriage we're talking a little about before this um, but that marriage is indeed a ministry and not something that you can simply just kind of 
float through and hope for the best at. Mm. So that's good. That's good, man. That's yeah. really good. Don't float. Don't float. <laughs> Don't float. Mm-mm. Have a game plan. That's good. Yeah. So let's uh, let's kick it off, man, with the uh, the importance of of singleness. Um, I know that you know for all of us, we're all guys, and so yeah. uh, maybe for you guys, but not me. Uh, there was a time in your lives where you were single, not me, because I was just slaying it. Um, I'm just <laughs> Get out of here, Blake. <laughs> totally kidding. Jeez. Totally, totally. Lady kidding. killer. Let's man. go. <laughs> totally kidding. Okay. <laughs> well, I think it's you know it's for me growing up in Texas. It, it was almost like a. It was a challenge. So you would have guys that would date girls, and they would literally bet to see how many girls they can get with, hook up with, and mm. uh, bet dollars, quarters, nickels. And so the culture that I grew up in wasn't healthy. It's a trade um, almost. <laughs> it re- pretty yeah. much it was. And so just even now looking back on it, I'm embarrassed to even even say it, but just didn't know any better. Mm. And so uh, when, when I did get saved at 17, um, everything changed. So when I heard the gospel, my life was completely changed. Uh, so my, my heart, my affections, all were now fixated on Christ, but I had to work through um, a lot of baggage. Mm-hmm. And so when I started to work through those baggages, um, I began to, like you at 17, 18, get a girlfriend, but my, my mind wasn't on the right things. Mm. And so I wasn't able to sustain in a relationship, and so I revert back to my singleness, yeah. still struggling with pornography, still struggling with... Uh, I don't have a girlfriend. Why does this person ha- have a girlfriend? And then really started to get some uh, accountability with some wise dudes who was much yo- older than me. Mm. Uh, John Sherrill was one of them. Zach Schroeder, um, you know, he's a campus pastor now at an awesome church. And they really started to hold me accountable, hold a mm. rope for me. Um, and Brandon Main is another guy um, that you guys don't know anything about. But they would challenge me. And so when I had a question or even thoughts or desires or I want to get married one day, um, John would say, man, are you, are you satisfied where you are now? Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, will your relationship now carry over into marriage? Because if you're not mentally, physically, but also spiritually well, your marriage is not going to be healthy later on down the road. Yeah. And so those healthy conversations helped me to prepare for uh, marriage, but also be content in the season that uh, I was in as a, a single guy. Um, and I got it wrong so many times, man. Mm-hmm. So I would date a girl and things would go off track. And so Brandon would say, hey, uh, if you're at a girl's house um, or she's over at your house, nothing good happens past 830. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. Nothing good happens. And so those were just gentle reminders for me. Uh, or he'll say, hey, make, make this be a scripture verse you remember, Job 31.1. Uh, I've made a covenant with my eyes not to look upon a girl with lustful thoughts. Mm. And so those were just nuggets of truth that was helping nailing down who I am in Christ and living out that reality each and every day, which was hard uh, for a young guy who I ain't ugly by any means, but also wanted to be at a status to where you're known for who you date or who you're with. Yeah. And so as in that singleness, I had to learn how to, to depend on solely on God and then know what do I want in a, in a wife one day? Um, and so once I kind of understood that and then understood the calling that God was, had, had placed on my life, I was able to kind of walk that line and still have great accountability. Even though that may falter, I was able to kind of get back on track real quick and say, all right, this is what I would like to have in a godly wife, and I'm praying for that right there in my mm. singleness. Yeah, and yeah. so that kind of unpacks a little bit for my, my, my single years. Yeah. And so it only set me up for where I am now as a, as a married man. Dang, dude, that's... Incredible. I think uh, 
something that stood out to me when you were when you were sharing about that is I think just the accountability piece, mm. um, especially with pornography on the rise and just. I actually I saw something um, I don't know it was on Facebook I don't know if it was a legit article or not but it was uh, arguing that pornography is almost like a relationship mm. and it's it's an unrealistic one but it's almost starting to become seen as a relationship in society yeah um, yeah. just because there is I mean it's an interaction um, and it's it's sad to see that that's that's the that's the case in the way we're going with it um, but I think that that just makes accountability so much more. Uh, kind of valuable and important in our singleness years Um, it's just something that I don't think we take advantage of either and we don't see the the beauty in accountability yeah so and even I'll go back a step um, because like I said I didn't understand what it means to pursue Christ on a on a daily basis and so uh, understanding in my singleness um, you know I had a rough rough upbringing with my mom and my dad my dad was very abusive, in and out of jail, prison, the whole nine yards. And so I already made a commitment in my heart that I didn't want that. But I, what I wanted was a faithful person mm. um, to have a, a loving home, but also a place where my, my children can thrive in. And so what I was explaining and unpacking was what does it look like to have a, a godly family, mm. uh, to be a godly husband, and to have a godly wife without me even knowing it. And so as I began to understand it as I got older, I began to say, okay, um, that girl who I needed either to be pursuing needs to be a Christian. <laughs> yeah, yep. She needs to be living out what she believes because why? It's only going to set me up for success down the road. Yeah. And so I had to come into turns uh, and not be, uh, be caught off guard when if she was very fine, which there are a lot of girls that are very fine, but what is the substance that she believes and then does that bleed out of her? Mm. Or can I see her as a wife down the road that's going to love on my kids and then, and then beat her to pray and walk beside me through some hard, hard days, some hard months and hard years? So I think that's what God started to culminate in me when I got saved and even before I got saved of a godly family and how do I attain that in the process. Yeah. Um, when you were describing the process that you went through when you were single, um, God preparing your heart, learning more about your relationship with Christ. Do you think that God might have been holding back your wife from you in order to prepare you for that next season? And if so, could you describe that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Because I I can think about some girls that I was interested in, but in my heart, I knew that I wasn't ready to um, uh, put a ring on it. I wasn't ready to think about, all right, this is what it looks like to get married and then financials and then how do we trust one another coming in with baggage uh, and so I, I, I know God held back on me because I wasn't ready and I was grateful because if I was if I were to get married at 25, 22 and I wasn't in the right place that God wanted me to be in, I probably would have been divorced because I've seen it happen with me and my friends who got married early, who were Christians, but they weren't solid um, and going into the relationship. They didn't have a plan. They didn't p- prepare. They didn't have people walking beside them as they got ready to um, be in that relationship. And so I think God held back for a great reason. And I didn't understand until hindsight, looking back, I'm like, yeah, I'm grateful God held back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And so it was very much eye-opening. And so now, even when I look at my wife now, I can say, man, I'm grateful for that, for, for, for those years of singleness. What it taught me was how do I continue to depend on the Lord? Mm. And so something that I made, a, it was going back in 2009, um, I got called into ministry around 2005. 
in 2009, I got the opportunity to come to Florida for my first internship. And there's all of a sudden you have the aha moment. Everybody has the aha moment when things start to fall in place. Yeah. I had a great week at camp. I was a counselor and I'm like, man, this is the best week ever. <laughs> like, yeah, how camp's come? legit. Absolutely. Yeah. Worshiping, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're repenting, mm. um, you're meeting cool people, you're, you're falling all in love with the Bible again. And then when I got back home and I said, why can't this be like this all the time? And then something hit me and said, it can be. Mm. I said, yeah. okay, so this is a lifestyle for a, uh, a, a, a lifetime. Mm-hmm, and right. so lifestyle for a lifetime. Wow. Ooh. <laughs> and so it clicked for me. I said, you know what, Lord, I don't want to date anybody until uh, I know that she's the one. That when she sees me, I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to say, well, I'm called to ministry. No, I'm called to ministry. And I need to be. I need to make sure that I share my testimony. Yeah. I need to make sure that I ask about her testimony, and then I need to see if we line up in what we believe about the Bible, and are we compatible along the way? Because I wanted to see her fall in love more with Jesus than than than, than with me. Yeah. Because I knew yeah. if something would happen to me, that her spiritual life would be intact, even though some, uh, even if we didn't make it make it outright in the relationship, I wanted to be known that. I had a large shoe to fill by whoever else would come behind me. And so that's yeah. in 2009, I made that commitment and met Melissa along the way. And the rest is history. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love that. I love what I loved about that last part, too, was when you're talking about camp, at least th- this is getting a little off topic, but I promise it's relevant. You use the word repentance enthusiastically. Mm. And I don't mm. think a lot of people use that word enthusiastically. No. <laughs> and the f- but when you think about the, the gospel as a whole, one of the key pieces is you need to have a a heart that is wanting and willing to repent, which is really hard to do because it means that you have to say, hey, I was was prideful. I was looking after what I shouldn't have been looking at. And that yeah, that's really cool that you describe that as, as part of the lifestyle. Um, and so you just mentioned Melissa, mm-hmm. wife now, so what, 10 years? Going on 10 years? No, uh, we've been married for seven years now. Seven wow. years. Okay. Yeah. All right. He's getting <laughs> there. Getting almost at yeah, 10. Yeah, almost there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So getting into the second point of the affirmation of marriage, um, could you just briefly describe the relationship that you have with Melissa, what you really enjoy about that and all, the, all that you've been talking about so far and put that into um, an actual picture for us right now? Yeah. And so in those single years, you, you kind of pray like, Lord, c- could she be this? Could she be that? Uh, could she be fine for one? Um, but also, could she be someone that I can bear my soul to and she not judge me? And I think a lot of guys, we're so much uh, layers and that we have so much things that we, we, we carry with ourselves. But I was like, man, I don't got time for that. Like, life is short. I already got gray hair in my beard. <laughs> 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 like, I want, I want to know that I have somebody that I can come home to and really say, man, listen, today sucks. Here's why it sucks. Help me pray through this. And then yeah. also help me to walk through this and flesh this out. And so that that was a combination of early on saying this is what I w- want this is this is the goal of a of a of a wife or who I want her to be, but also I'm like man this is the the man of God that I want to be for her. Yeah, uh, a man of integrity, a man who's compassionate, loving, who's caring, who cares about um, you know our finances, stability, uh, your spiritual welfare, um, care about your family, but also how do we position ourselves to be. Uh, the gospel embodied into our family that it will leave a legacy going forward because as I mentioned I didn't have that growing up and yeah. so that was my motivation to you know stay the course and trust the process yeah, yeah. Um, and so now that we we have it it's not perfect by no means 
Um, but I will say that our house is very peaceful. Mm. Um, we have a way that we communicate with each other that's loving and um, that's compassionate and that we want to train up our, our kids in the way of the Lord so that they don't depart. And so we want to give an opportunity to ask Jesus as their Lord when they get a little bit older and understand, man, I didn't see mommy and daddy fussing or um, I didn't understand why they were praying so much or why did we always pray and read the Bible or, man, we didn't just go to church, but it was a place that we worship and grew uh, so we want to um, allow them to have a passion for the Lord, too, in our marriage. And so all that starts by early on saying, what do you want? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. And not just, we're married. Hey, <laughs> cool Instagram photo. Hey, cool proposal, you know. Yeah. And so it's much more than that. And I think key to that was preparation and having some godly man that really, really challenged me. Uh, Keith Harmon, man. <laughs> Shout out to Keith. He says, hey, man, you've been dating this girl for uh, two years and six months. So what are you going to do? Are you going to, you know, <laughs> boo-boo or get off the pot? <laughs> like, <laughs> there you go, Keith. All right. That is that is good. And I'm like, man, I, I don't know what that looks like. And so he was one of those guys um, that just walked me, took me by the hand and walked me through the process. Mm. This is what you do for a ring. This is how you save up. You need to go ask her dad for permission. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> It's true. (laughs) And so that that helped to project me to now in marriage, because, again, I did a lot of things wrong even beforehand, but even to willing to repent, willing to acknowledge that and then say, all right, Lord, would you take this for what it is and would you bless it and let me continue to stay the course in the process? Yeah. And if it's something that God needs to happen, he will bless it. Mm -hmm. If it's something that he's not in, he's not going to bless that. For sure. And as sounds like all three of us, I'm sure, have experienced in the past, there have been things that we're like, all right, God, I need you to bless this. And he's looking down at us like, <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> so Absolutely. Oh yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. Um, it's almost like we have an off-brand, and he has the original brand of Ooh. it. And we want God to, to bless our off-brand. And God's like, no, 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 I ain't put my stamp of approval of that. You're going you gonna to be outside the wheel for a minute until you come back into the wheel. Yeah. And so that's... That's a lot of us, man, right. <laughs> including myself. Just a thought. Uh, I think that especially looking at what it is, kind of our generation, the millennial generation, uh, the way that we view love, the way that we view relationships. I mean, there's an app that you can go on and have an instant relationship in a matter <laughs> of swiping left or right. So uh, just thinking through that and kind of the, the culture that truthfully we're dealing with uh, today I feel like we're built around, one, singleness being a bad thing, but two, I think uh, it's forcing us into a position of relationship with somebody else that we might not be ready for. And so how is it that when you knew that you were ready for marriage or a serious relationship, how did you know that that was the time? Um, And also, how did you kind of discern that time? Oh, that's good. Yeah. I would say even like younger, I knew I wasn't ready, man. Like everybody's making corny jokes and uh, doing stuff with girls, I'm like, I'm not ready for that yet, man. So I kind of just kept it pushing. Um, I will say even for this generation, they don't have to uh, work hard to get a girl's number or or, right. or let a guy notice. Like, I remember with Melissa, um, I remember grabbing her phone. This was before they had locks on phones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, was, it was, I remember opening up her phone, uh, putting my phone, opening it up, and uh, calling her my my number uh, from her phone and saving her number, oh, so that's man. how I got you her. Sneaky, n- boy. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> man, you sneaky boy, sneaky. You gotta that do was, what you gotta do. That's, that's good. That's Absolutely. Good. So that was my way of pursuing her. 
Yeah. Now it's people just slide into the DMs. That's and, it. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, if you want to holler at me, holler at me. I think there was a little bit more work into it. And so even, too, I wanted to pursue Melissa um, and then continue on with that pursuit and not mm. the, the reverse role of that. And I'm sure there was much more work involved than just putting in one phone number <laughs> the phone. Yeah. There was much more behind that. Some, after that, after else did that, everything else was everything just else easy. Everything else was just easy, yeah. Peasy, yeah. Like, <laughs> so that's just the very that's the secret, man. tip of the iceberg, and then, yeah, a whole, whole other nine yards beyond that. Yeah. Absolutely, man. I think it, even our first date was press one-on-one. Um, took her to this this fancy sandwich, sandwich shop. I don't eat sandwiches, but I did that day. Uh, <laughs> it's how you know she was special. Yeah, I ate a sandwich yeah. for her. Uh, <laughs> I ate a sandwich for, and so that that was my way of kind of saying, all right, if I'm going to do it the right way, let me take on a date, let me feel the scene, the vibes, and then really in between ask those critical questions. Um, and I think that's what separates uh, the 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 great relationships down the road mm-hmm. with the mediocre ones because you don't take the, take enough time to do the homework. Yeah. Now we yeah, Google yeah. search anything and everything, but yeah. you won't ask you won't ask about a person's spiritual life. Ooh. Gosh. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that's so true. Daggers Holy here. cow, <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> so that was wow. my that was my number one concern, and even having conversations with junior hires and high schoolers and college students. Uh, you know, we're coming back from Passion Conference. Uh, shout out to Passion Twenty Twenty. We're going this year. Uh, we're, we're we're talking through Passion, and I asked some of our college students, "Hey, what are the top three things that you look for in a girl or you know guy? Look, she got to be fine. Said, okay, <laughs> all right." <laughs> She got to have all her teeth. I said, all right. That's a, that's a good one, man. All 32. You hear? <laughs> and then, you know, the third one was, you know, uh, she got to, you know, we got to be compatible. And I said, man, is there no room for, like, the the spiritual welfare? And mm. they kind of like, oh, you just Jesus juked us, man. <laughs> oh. And I think that that has to take precedence. I'm not saying that you can't be attracted to a girl. I'm not saying that you you can't take a girl out on a date or, you know, if if it's vice versa. But what I'm saying is if the Bible is true, if we're called to leave and cleave, but also be equally yoked, we have to do some uh, fact finding, some 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 fact finding uh, elements in those relationships to make sure that, hey, you match up to what you say. And it's not a uh, a mirage of I go to church and I have my Bible, but there's no substance and yeah. you don't live it out. And so I think right. that's versus this culture. It's more of uh, Instagram and Snapshot and Snapchat and everything else. Snapchat twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it's 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 a false perception of a fake reality that you're not living in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And that's heavy sometimes because then you set yourself up for a lot of failures down the road that you can really conquer those and say you know what are you how are you when did you come to know jesus oh you are oh okay we just be friends for right now hey <laughs> ooh. so not not everybody's willing to do that in this younger generation it's more so of they cute they go to the movies and they do this and their parents are awesome they do crossfit and it's like great <laughs> sign me up yeah <laughs> but no jesus yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's so true. I think <laughs> I feel like the the question of you know how's your spiritual life is the last thing that people ask. Yeah, and it's just that that should be at the forefront, and I think that we forget about it. Like, are we searching for a Christ centered relationship, or are we just looking for a human interaction? Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. 
so final point here, um, the ministry of marriage. And I remember when Blake talked to me <laughs> about the conversation <laughs> he had with you. He was like, yo, I sat down with one dude for coffee. His name is Daniel. <laughs> he talking about the ministry of marriage. And I like, I saw the text and I just tossed my phone down. I was like, yo, <laughs> who is this, man? That just, it blew me away. <laughs> and you think about it, it's really not that complicated mm. of a concept, but it's pretty profound. Yeah. yeah. So if you could just share your heart on those words, that'd be Ooh. great. Yeah, man. I, I remember like it was yesterday, me and Blake were just chilling, having coffee, <laughs> and we just started just talking. And those are my best moments because I can kind of freestyle and just kind of be open and free and kind of walk you through what I've learned in the mm. process and then where I course corrected uh, in the process, yeah, yeah. and then as I'm continuing to learn the process. Mm, yeah. And so even in ministry, um, man, if you're a pastor, shout out to any pastors, youth yeah. pastors, uh, children's pastors. If you're a college intern who's called a ministry, um, I would say start praying for your marriage mm-hmm. before you get into marriage. Uh, but two, I say continue that prayer process as you're in marriage. Mm. And so in ministry, it funnels into three areas. There's God, there's minist- uh, your family, and then there's ministry. And so your ministry will only be healthy as much as your family. Because if your cup is empty when you're at home, it's going to be empty for your ministry that you've been entrusted with. Mm. And so one thing that I had to learn early on was how do I protect my wife's heart in the process? Yeah, yeah. That's something that we really forfeit, and that's something that we've been called and been entrusted with by God to protect our families. Yeah. And so even though uh, ministry can be fun, it can be engaging, energetic, uh, it's a a learning process of how do you continue to pursue this lifestyle of Christ— but then there's the ugly side of ministry that no one really talks about. Uh, only a select few people have been through crazy situations or you know somebody who left the church for whatever reason. But then when you look back on it, their, their, their wife is tore up because they wouldn't protect it properly in the process. Yeah. And so one of the things I encourage is if you're not praying with your wife, pray with your wife. Um, yeah. Larry Watkins, uh, Man Sharper Men Ministries out in Arkansas, uh, he says, hey, Critter, are you? are you praying with your wife? And this is like three, four months, five months into marriage. And I said, uh, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) I was supposed to be. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a thing. (laughs) Shoot, man. Yeah. He didn't force it on me. He says, man, he says, I I really want to encourage you. If, if you're, if you're in it for the long haul, he says, you might want to start praying with your wife. Hmm. And that was six and a half, you know, years ago that, I made a commitment to pray with my wife in the mornings, uh, over our kids at night, and then in between. And so that's, that drew, our, drew us closer uh, in our pursuit of Christ together. Um, even when we're apart and I'm traveling, we're able to pray and to pursue Christ. And another thing was don't bring your baggage home for your ministry into your family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because what you're doing is this, is this is supposed to be a house of worship, a house of praise, um, a place that you can grow, develop, learn, be discipled. And so there are going to be some disagreements from the senior pastor to the executive campus in between. And what you do is you're painting a horrible perception of, I can't believe Joe Blow uh, said this and this and this and this and this and this and this, or they're angry with about A, B, C, F, and G. And you're spewing that toxic venom into your into your family. Mm. And so whenever you go back to work and you resolve the issue, what happens to your wife in the process? She doesn't know. And so she 
has a bad perception now. Yeah. And so now you've tainted her heart. And uh, when she goes to the church or if she goes to serve, I don't want to serve for a person who's that way. Ooh. Jeez, <laughs> that is true. And so what I've learned is how do I protect my wife's heart even when I have a disagreement, even when things are bad, but it's how do we pray for people without un- unleashing a bag of uh, gossip, which is, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's what I had to learn to do um, in ministry. And by all means, I'm getting better <laughs> every week, every month. Yeah. And I remember being in Virginia and me and the pastor didn't see eye to eye for whatever reason. And I remember just telling her everything. And when I look back on that season, I realized I messed up her heart for worship for God because mm. she despised the church. She despised ministry and she didn't like where we were in ministry because of this one person. Even when God was good and he brought us out of that season, I had to look back and say, how do I protect my wife's heart in each season? Yeah. And so it doesn't trickle down to our kids because we want to pass on, like I said, from the beginning, a legacy so that they still fall in love with Christ. They love his church and they were called to reach people with the gospel. Yeah, and so that yeah. was very weighty for me early on, learning that in my marriage. So something else, uh, if you could hit on it, I remember you saying that you have a family, one mission, and uh, you also have family values that you've written for just your family alone. <laughs> um, so I remember you sharing that with me, and I think that it's so cool because all of us should have that. And I, I look back, and I know that growing up, you know, my family did have those, but they weren't written down. They weren't fully expressed. They were just kind of written in our hearts. But I think writing it down so that you have it fully uh, put together, kind of like what you did, it's just, it, yeah. it, it hit me and I'm like, gosh, Emily and I got to do something like this so that we can start this out right. It's just so inspiring. Uh, so I don't know if you would mind sharing those or if yeah. you feel all right sharing <laughs> it, but I think that that's just so cool and it, it would encourage others to maybe do the same. So Absolutely. It, it, it started with a conversation with a good buddy of mine, Kyle Sullivan. <clears throat> Shout out to Kyle at Transformation Church uh, there in Oklahoma. Hey. And uh, we worked together for, for a season uh, at Life Church. But just, the guy's just a resource, dude. Like leadership to um, spiritual things to just down to earth conversations. And so he's younger than me, but he was one of those guys that just kind of always thought a step ahead, even though that he wasn't there yet. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it, and, it, and it always encouraged me to say, okay, I can be an avid learner. And so one of the things that he did was, man, we have family values. And I said, huh, I never, I never really thought about that. Yeah. And I said, man, I'm, I'm, I'm taking that. And he says, okay, well, you can have it. I said, well, thank you. And so. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs> and so um, it's, if you cut us a Crittendon, what bleeds out basically. Mm. And so here are the things that, they kind of helped me to kind of course correct uh, our family and what we believe. And then how do we want to raise our kids up in the same breath? And so God is our center. We will seek the one who changes our hearts and lives. Marriage is our uh, first priority. We will protect it at all costs. Kids are our second priority. We will faithfully shepherd our kids' hearts and point them to Jesus every chance we get. Uh, family, uh, we will never forget what it means to be a Crittendon. We hurry home. Time spent together is never wasted. Mm. We are followers of Christ. As we model Christ, we will influence our circles and Christ likeness in each area. Uh, we are servant leaders. Serving, serving others brings joy. Mm. Uh, we are givers. Generosity is a part of us because Christ gave first. Uh, we are valued. Our value comes from Christ, our Savior. 
we are prepared and our preparation allows for freedom in all our areas of our lives. We have fun, energy creates environments and people want to be around those people. We are forgiven and we accept and give grace freely. And so those were some things that after talking with my wife and kind of stealing some things from Kyle, we came up with our own family values. And so we're not perfect by no means, but again, something that's gonna help us guide our family uh, each season of life so that when things get tough, when things are exciting, uh, when new changes happen, we're able to still say this is what we believe and nothing's going to compromise that at the end of the day. I said integrity, so I want to be a man of integrity knowing that when I come home, these are the things that I value and then these are the things that I want people to look at our family. We're not perfect, but they know that we uh, believe in something and these are the things that helps guys that something as we tether to Jesus. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Dude. <laughs> I feel like that changes everything. Like just viewing family and marriage as a ministry of its own that yeah. God has sacredly given us to protect and mm. something that's just so beautiful. And there's, there's a lot um, of importance in it that we miss. And so, man, thank you for that. That was, that's so good. Um, family, family values. Yeah. Holy <laughs> cow. Yeah. And I, I appreciate too. Um, so we're three dudes sitting here. Um, and if you're sitting here and you're thinking, wow, this is, I can tell three dudes. You don't have to point it out, Stephen. Well, <laughs> I still want to point it out anyway. Uh, and I think the reason that I'd, I'd like to say this now at least is um, some of the, the ways that we've been talking is definitely it's it's a man's perspective looking on marriage. And I think it's healthy um, to reinforce that perspective mm. um, because as we go throughout our relationships, um, we forget that God specifically designed man and woman to be man and woman. Yeah. Right. Mm. And making sure that whatever the perspective is, whatever the um, the creation is, we're able to understand it as well as we can, right? Making sure that, um, as you talk, Daniel, that we hear what a, the heart of a man of God really sounds like. Mm. And we can tell that as you're talking, we can hear that, we can see yeah, that. Totally. And the fact that you can bring out literally right on your phone, it's <laughs> there, it's accessible. <laughs> These values that are guiding to you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You got that right on hand. That's cool, mm. you know? And that's something that hopefully Blake and I will be able to do at some point in the future too. Oh gosh, you know? yeah. So, yeah, it, it's a it's a journey. Um, you know, the thing I will say is get people who are wiser, <laughs> wiser than you. and smarter around you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and don't be afraid uh, to learn and to push yourself. I think in those uncomfortable seasons, that's when God wants to do some incredible things. Uh, but it's allowing God to um, do them in your life and be open and freely open to allow him to do it. So mm, yeah. that's my encouragement. Amen to that. So um, throughout the podcast, you've been mentioning little bits of resources, people that you've really gained wisdom from. Are there any other uh, books or websites or people that you're like, hey, go listen to this person and you will gain wisdom immediately? Anyone that you really digging right now yeah uh again uh craig rochelle is a great leader um a great mentor a great pastor um it was an honor just to serve underneath him so i'll listen to his leadership podcast um mm. and even uh, catch a life church uh, life dot church service online um andy stanley uh, just really about parenting because i'm in a season of parenting i have three Three little ones, five, three, and two. Yeah. Um, uh, Dr. Ronnie Floyd, he was a huge uh, influence in my life in my earlier years. Um, First Orlando, uh, Dr. David Youth um, was another in- influential guy. And then you'll hear me say uh, 
bits and nuggets. They're like no name people. <laughs> like they don't have their any books or any. It's just people who I've done life with. So uh, at Transformation Church, Kyle Sullivan, uh, we did life together for two years. Uh, Keith Harmon, he's the uh, family pastor at Cross Church, I believe, in, in Arkansas. He mentored me for six years. Larry, Larry Watkins, he has Men Sharpening Men's uh, Ministries, and I got a chance to sit with him for at least three years. Uh, John Sherrill out of uh, Willens, Texas, uh, he was able to walk with me um, early on in my life. Um, Brandon Maintenance, he's in uh, uh, Brian College Station. He was a huge influence. And so those are kind of like some of the, you know, Hall of Fa- uh, the, the Hall of Faith for me is those guys mm. uh, walking out their faith and allowing me to kind of peek behind the veil and say, hey, I appreciate that because yeah. <laughs> I knew nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so what I get from that is you're saying sometimes the best resources are around you. For free. For, for free. free. <laughs> free free and all, all you got to do is reach out too yeah you know and a lot of i feel like a lot of people all they got to do is just one reach out but then two if you have the opportunity to be a resource that's got to feel pretty good too and you're wanting to then impart whatever you may have it might not even be saying hey i have it all figured out but hey yeah. let's let's do life together for a mm-hmm. season absolutely you know? it's powerful absolutely yeah. no those are the, the most uh beneficial seasons uh is when people allow me to come alongside of them and I got to see their marriage and see how to treat your kids. And do you really love the church? (laughs) 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 Um, And then really just sit and soak. Um, Those are the the most uh, beneficial seasons for me in my life. So as we start to wrap up here, uh, one, thank you again, Daniel. This has been Ah, Yeah, absolutely. Make sure that you are following us here on all the social medias for the Awaken Project. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. Um, Make sure you give us a like and look out for new content, uh, especially new podcast episodes. Make sure you check out the latest video we put out uh, outlining what we're going to be doing over the summer. So that's going to be available already. Yeah, go check out the Facebook. Yeah, and uh, if you have any questions or any topic ideas, hit us up at theawakenproject.us at gmail.com. Daniel, thank you so much. <laughs> I texted guys. him up yes last night. <laughs> I forgot what time it was, but I was just like, "Hey man, later." Steve, yeah. Stephen looks at me and said, "Hey man, would that would that dude you met up with want to talk about relationships and <laughs> whatnot?" I said, "Well, let me ask him." So uh, here we are the next day. Uh, he's joined us. So thank you so much uh, once again, and I'm it's humbled, so cool man. to uh, so cool to see what God's doing in your life and. Uh, man, just the the inspiration and, and wisdom that he's instilled in you. So mm, thank mm. you so much, man. You're blessing to me. I know that for sure. Nah. And I appreciate you a lot. So thank you. Yeah, appreciate you guys, man. Love you. Yeah, Absolutely. thanks, dude. So with, with that, thank you for listening to the Awaken Project podcast. I'm Blake. And I'm Steven. And I'm Daniel. See ya or hear ya or you'll hear us next time. <laughs>